I want you to welcome Melissa. She's more nervous than I am. <laughs> this is in his wheelhouse. It's great. I used to be nervous and I quit caring what people think. So it's a good thing you should try it. Uh, introducing ourselves, um, we have, we, we grew up, I'm going to see if I can do this, like, Lamar couldn't stay seated. We'll see if I can stay seated. Um, we gave her a little higher seat, so we're on equal playing ground here. <laughs> Makes you want to stand up. All right. So, we grew up in the same church, and actually we were childhood sweethearts, so we had a testimony this morning about that getting married. So I have to say one thing. So my first memory of him was at church. I think it was a Wednesday night after church and he was running around with his cronies. I think Jordan was maybe part of it. And they talked to my baby brother, like, and I say baby, younger brother, like I'm talking like erasers full of chalk and I walked up and James was just clear white. You guys ever chalk somebody? Don't tell him. So you're... Anyway, so I remember still standing there and like giving them a lecture how they shouldn't do that. I don't remember the Wicked Witch of the North coming in or something, but <laughs> her brother was a twerp and he was. You like... are a bully. We won't say that. The chalk and take it on the side and rub it on the chalkboard. So it's just loaded, and then I'm giving kids, oh, kids are out of here. Take the, the eraser and just load it up and go, and his whole face would turn white. It was funny. We're not that way anymore. She still married me. That's cool. So we've, we've been married, to, actually September will be 28 years that we've been married, and we were together seven years before that. As in, like, we started... We were too young. Hey, we, our parents said we were too young, but we were writing notes to, to each other, and, you know, like... Uh, so it's really cool to be at this stage and to see the progression. Uh, I mean, I, it's funny because she really reminds me a lot of my first wife, and... I already told you we've been together since we were childhood sweethearts, but I say that to people and they're like, oh no, and they, they're not trying to take it. But she's actually better than my first wife because she is my first wife, although she's changed a lot and been like, it's amazing what I see over the years happen because she's not the same woman that I married. It's way better. Our marriage is, is way better because we've had to, we've gone through the crucible of so much I mean, there's been times that we're not sure how we're going to get out of it or get through it, but God is faithful and he will bring you through things. And you look back and you say, we're not the same people and God has made us better and he's improved our relationship. So we have five children. Uh, we won't go through all the ages and everything, but they, there are three left in our house and uh, we, if, if you want to know anything more about what I do with Wangard Ministries, 
uh, you can go to wengardministries.org. Uh, if you have a podcast app, you can go to Hope for Today by Wengard Ministries. And there's like a hundred and some messages on there. Just go and listen. Uh, I've recorded things that God has given through times of sitting with him, times of meditation and listening and then writing and speaking these things out. So uh, that's what I do. Melissa has done something far more important, and that is helping in our, in our home with our five children. And so seeing them raised up and seeing them uh, being trained up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord would not be possible with just me. This has been, it's very key. We'll talk more about that, about how we're wired. So, yeah, Lamar asked us to continue what they started last week. And uh, our hope is that you, as, as we go through these times, these series of messages, that you see God's heart for you. And there is, we want to start out with a uh, reference. Actually, I forgot to give this. Can you do this? Ephesians 5, 31 to 33. Um, we're going to read this in the New Living Translation. So if you don't have New Living Translation, we looked through a bunch of different versions of it, and we really like how this is worded. So go ahead with that. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay. So before we go further into this, I just want to mention the last verse. Um, love and respect. There is a uh, there's a major key that we received when we heard teaching on this, and I just want to pass it on to you because it's changed everything about how we respond in specific situations. And this verse applies to everyone here, whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter. It's not just for marriage. It actually applies to relationships that siblings have with each other. Uh, it applies to your workplace. It applies to school. And what it is is women or girls respond and need love. Men and or boys respond to respect. Now, it's not that men and boys don't need love. They do. It's not that women don't need respect. They do. It's not a, a, just a hard line in the middle. But there is a greater need for love when it comes to the women and a greater need for respect when it comes to the men. What, what, if, if you look at just a sibling relationship, if uh, the boy is just, can't, he can't figure out why his sister is so disrespectful to him, he should be asking himself, how have I been acting unlovingly to her? Because that unloving action has drawn a disrespectful reaction. If the, the, the sister, or let's say in, in a marriage, if my wife is, is feeling unloved and she's saying, I just, I'm, I'm feeling unloved, rather than looking at me and saying, you need to love me more, she, she looks at herself and says, when and how have I been acting disrespectfully? It changes everything. It actually turns the focus here we go, oh, and we repent, 
and it, it takes us out of what's called the crazy cycle and or spin cycle or whatever because an unloving action perpetrates a disrespectful action which perpetrates an unloving action which just gets starts you you feel like an airplane just augering into the ground and it's like okay this the moment you recognize it and stop so if we are having an argument about something we argue too we fight fair but we do argue and we speak our mind well like if I notice a disrespectful response, I'll ask her, whoa, how was I unloving? She knows when I say that, that I'm feeling disrespected. <laughs> so I better be ready to hear the answer. But anyway, I, I wanted to just mention that so that take it into your workplace, take it into your school, take it to your siblings, take it to your spouse, your relationships. It makes a huge, huge difference. All right, so uh, we were talking through this, and she can interrupt me at any time. Uh, I'm not sure she'll. Well, so we met earlier, and we were like writing things down and sort of going over what we thought we should share today. And I don't know, I just kept telling him, it just doesn't feel right, like what we're saying is right, like what we were putting down, but yet, uh, like, so then I think it was the next morning, or yeah, I think he came in um, to our room and he's like, I got it. I got it. Like, so the question is, so. It was great. Yes. So the question is, why is all this focused on relationships? Like, you know, you talk to the fathers, you talk to the mothers, um, we're talking through marriage and, you know, because then I, I told him, I said, so, okay, we talk about all this stuff and we learn and grow and we should. But the point isn't just so that I'm happy and he's happy. Because if he loves me the right way, then I'm going to feel so much better. And if I respect him, you know, he's going to feel, you know, better, which that's all good. But what's the kingdom principle? Like, yes, our home will be, you know, it's like if you have a great, sorry, I'm in. No, no, you're good. If you have a great relationship and you're, and you're happy and healthy, so what? Like, good. That's good. But why, why this focus on relationships? Lamar, why, why, why bring this in and say, we, we really need to talk about it? Is it just only to improve our individual relationships, our marriages? Is that the, is that the goal? And it just seemed like it's not enough. It's not enough. So here's the key. Verse 32. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. The key here is we are an illustration of the real deal. That's why this focus is deeper. It feels deeper than just, oh, let's talk about marriage. Okay, great. It's, and this is why it involves every person here, because God wants a relationship with you that flows like a good marriage flows, a relationship individually with you. So don't segment yourself out if you're either not married or if you're, you know, for whatever reason you go, it doesn't apply to me. It does apply to you because God, his heart is drawing you. So he loves us constantly and gives himself for us and we respect him 
we honor him and that is the relationship that flows. So as we were talking through our kind of how we approach different situations, we kept thinking of stories that were, were just so different. And I, I really want this not just to be about Doran and Melissa. I want it to be about like, we're going to keep saying this, apply it to yourself, apply it to yourself. I, I understand that when I look at how I approach something, I go after risk. Uh, I, I love, I go after faith. I want to, I want to be tested. Give me a chasm to jump across and I'm jumping, baby. I want to try it. It's not. If there's a mountain, you'll see. I need to climb to the top. Yeah. Why do you climb it? Because it's there. Like who, why wouldn't you climb it? It's there. And that sense of adventure and growth, it's like, uh, I want to, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to improve. I'm a voracious learner. I love reading. I love when I get on a machine, there's only full throttle. It's like, let's, let's experience it. That also is very disruptive and dangerous and actually not healthy if that's the only experience that you have. Melissa brings, uh, we were writing this down, nurturing, warm, welcoming home, a sense of security and safety, a nest, uh, like, I'd love for you all to come into our home because it is a warm, welcoming place. It is not because I make it that way, but because she does. And she does it naturally because she's wired that way. So we need both of us. And we, we uh, if, if you have a, a home or if you have an environment that is only safe, there, it's secure and God calls you out to risk. And all you're focused on is, I want to be safe and secure and, and warm and welcoming. And God says, yeah, I want you to leave. It requires both. Both of them are, are dangerous. To get stuck in a complacent, safe place or to just go out and light the fire everywhere. So we find that in each other. And when we're intimidated by the one or we feel the need to, well, I do, feel the need to stir it up. <laughs> I look at, okay, what's happening? And I look at our children and I say, how is this affecting them? The, in our lives, in our, our time, we've had some major life changes to navigate. And we're not going to go into all the stories. We'll, we'll just kind of give an overview. But um, we've, in the changes that we've had, God has been leading us. But it doesn't always feel that way, that way. Even to me, although when I'm sitting with the Lord and I get it, like I hear his voice and I write it down, I, it means more to me than what my wife says. And that can be hard to navigate because we both grew up feeling like... Um, we're right. That we were right. Yeah. She thinks her way is best. And I, I know my way is best. Uh-huh. I just evaluated it enough that I know it's... No, that's the, the feeling that we have. And so we have this, like, back and forth where, no, we have to come to a, a decision here. So 
you can say any of these steps if you want to. We, we just wrote down four different things. So we were married a few years, one child, and she was pregnant, and the Lord called us to Washington State. And I knew that he had called us there because I was, I'd been writing this in my journal that we're moving west. And it, it was a struggle. I didn't want to go originally. There's two heel marks from Ohio to Washington. It's, it's drug all the way out there. Pretty much. They're still there. <laughs> Permanently, yeah. But Which is crazy because, yeah, the Lord calls you go. Like, you'll never regret it. And I don't. Then he had to drag me back. Yeah, I was going to say, so we were there eight years. And then he called us back. And I wanted to stay. It was heel marks again. Because she had built a safe place. She had a safe home and she had, we kind of grew up there. We were 24 when we moved out. And so we, we came into our own of our family and our, our lives and our, our children were born there. And, we're, and, and all at once, it's like after eight years of this, here I am dragging her back. And uh, anyway, it, it, both moves were, were as major as, as the other one. And then being here, uh, we built a house. At, we, we, we rented for some time and then bought some land and built a house. And the Lord called me to Karis Bible College. So it's like, what? <laughs> you get a safe place. And I, and I feel bad because I'm constantly uprooting this this nice, warm, welcoming home environment. But I have to do what the Lord says. And when, I don't know how much we want to talk about that. It was really, really hard initially. Like I thought moving to Washington was hard. This was, it felt like someone had just, you know, dropped the floor out from underneath me. Part of it was because we had always wanted to own a home. We had just built this home after 18 years of marriage. First home. And right now what? Like, and our, our oldest was a senior in high school. Um, All of our kids were in school. My mom had passed away a few years before, and my dad was still living and took a lot of care, like a lot of interaction from, from us and from the rest of my siblings. And so when he said something, I was just like, you're out of your tree. There's no way the Lord would tell you, like... So it was a process. So when he says this, like, oh, that, you know, my wife went with me. I mean, it was hard. And like, I remember being on the bathroom floor, just sobbing. Like, I can't, like, we can't go. But God's faithful and he worked on my heart. And he helped me see that he was hearing from the Lord. And um, we prayed through it and it wasn't an easy decision. But we felt peace about him going and me and five children staying for the first year, which, you know, most people were like, that's not right. That's not God's will for you to split. We weren't split in our hearts, just distance by mileage. But it was important for Allie to graduate. And it was important for me to be there for my dad. And it was hard, but we knew it was the way we should, the route we should go. So he left and would come home about every three, three weeks. And 
we did a lot of FaceTime with dad on the daddy on the iPad on the table and we'd eat dinner. I mean, it was. It, it took being intentional uh, with every moment. And uh, I was in this environment of Bible college where I'm soaking the, the revelation from the Lord. He, he's, he's instructing me and I wasn't going to squander it. I wanted to squeeze the drops out of it, you know, full throttle. I want, I don't want to miss anything. And Melissa's telling me about how home life is going and it's tough. And the kids are struggling because dad's not there. We had one that would every night when I'd put her to bed, she would come running down the stairs, screaming, crying every night that he was gone. And the weekends he was home, solid sleep. Like it was... Because daddy was Because loser dad's gone. Like I'm going, this is, I feel like a total failure. I've abandoned my family. And actually the people that, our friends, our family, um, as a rule, we were counseled against it. And we're not counseling you to do it. Only do what the Lord said. The Lord tells you, yeah. But he showed us that the time away is what drew our hearts together. And- we really needed it. The, what, what we saw is that in being willing to do what God says, even though you don't know how it's going to work out, each step, like we didn't plan the first year of Bible college. We didn't plan it out. We only planned three weeks. And I, I, would, I would go out and be there for three weeks, fly home and buy a plane ticket for three weeks later. Fly out, be there for three weeks, fly home and buy a plane ticket for three weeks later. Bought a lot of plane tickets. But it we used up all our air miles, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And what we noticed is that we got into this where we go, I can't look that far out and, and feel okay, but we can do this. And you might find yourself in a situation where you say, I don't see it. I don't know how we're going to get there. Don't worry about it. He's not asking you to be there. He's asking you to be here because he's here. Be with him right now and, and just take the next step. He's, he's been very clear about saying, just take the next step. Mm-hmm.